You're listening to a Bored to Death Marvel cast, talking all things Marvel and MCU in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Marvel cast. I am Jay, being joined by Chris and Zeke. And we are here to do a, uh, basically do a little bit of talking about Black Widow and to do a rap cast for Loki Season 1. I do wonder if Marvel will ever end before our lifetime. Probably no. not. It's become an industry in and of itself at this point. It, they're going to keep doing it for forever. Although I do have a theory that at some point in time, like, they'll probably have to do, like, a uh, time skip to a certain year and they'll have to do the 2099 characters. <laughs> oh, I hope that's in my lifetime. Well, I mean, now that they've basically opened up the multiverse. Well, take well in a weird way, the twenty ninety nine comics are supposed to take place like in the future of like the mainline comics, right? Um, but like with all the different variations of how the future could go, like you have the days of future, past, future. You have Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You know the twenty ninety nine one. Who knows, like if you know what happened, like leading up to the twenty ninety nine era comics. Pretty much. And, yeah, multiverse, you know, we were sort of joking back during WandaVision that it was sort of like, multiverse isn't a thing, stop trying to make it a thing, no, no, and then Loki, and then, and then, yeah, and then Loki came along. They have teased the multiverse, but they have not teased the one thing I'm looking for, the Spider-Verse. Except, with the ending of season one of Loki, with the timeline fracturing into that chaotic spiderweb, cobweb, you know, nebula... Everything is canon. Spider-Verse is in that. Well, they have confirmed that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are coming back for the next Spider-Man. For film. Spider-Man uh, No Way Home? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Did they confirm that? Because I, I swore Tobey said he wasn't. Uh, as far as I know, he's still attached to it. I know they have Alfred Molina coming back as Doc Ock. Uh, they have nice, Jamie nice. Foxx's Electro coming back. Oh. Um, and they also said that uh, Willem Dafoe was going to be in it, also Norman Osborne. Yeah, that one, that one broke the internet, yes. I think. Um, and for the upcoming, obviously for, for the upcoming Doctor Strange film, yes, they have Sam Raimi directing it, uh, who is the guy who created the Evil Dead franchise. He did um, the Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, he also did, he did a lot of stuff with Bruce Campbell back in like the 90s. Uh, he also made his own fir- his original attempt at a comic book style movie universe was Darkman. Ah, uh, yes, I I remember Darkman. See, you should take. I haven't seen it all the way through, but I know I know of it. There's only sure. three movies. I think there was a TV series, but I, don't, I think it only lasted like a season. Mm. You should take with a grain of salt the Spider-Man trilogy, because remember, it's because of him we have that abomination that we don't speak of in the third movie. Venom. We don't speak of him. That well, that's not- because. That's because no, 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 no. It's a Venom variant. Well, the I'll thing, go that. Well, the <laughs> everything thing, now is a variant. Well, unfortunately, Sam he ate someone's cat. Sam was literally forced to use Venom. He did not want to use Venom for the third film. Yeah, um, it was literally uh, Sony was like, "You're going to put Venom in here." He's like, "No." Then they were like, "You want to make this movie? Put Venom in it." Because um, originally he wanted, yeah. um, I think what he who he originally wanted in the film was. Vulture, Mysterio, and I think Craven the Hunter, um, and um, a lot of the plans that were going to be going to happen for Spider-Man Four 
Um, if you want to, I'm going to plug somebody else on this one um, for this one because he goes into a lot more detail. Uh, go look up the Blockbuster Busters Spider-Man 4 video because he goes into a lot more detail on mm. what they were originally going to do for Spider-Man 4 because a lot of the ideas for that movie ended up in Homecoming. You know, when in the original Spider-Man trilogy, I kept joking that they should have had uh, Mysterio be just like a throw like a throwaway villain like at the very beginning of the movie like cold, like cold open thing you see Spider-Man take him down takes the takes the fishbowl helmet off and it's Bruce Campbell. Well that was the original idea. See? Yes. Because <laughs> it would have been so perfect. Because it was supposed to explain all the different characters that he played in the three movies because every time you saw him he was a different person. Yep. So the original idea was that he was going to be Quentin Beck. And well, I just wanted it to, wanted a joke to sort of be like this throwaway gag where knock the fishbowl off. There's Bruce Campbell and have Spider Man just look at him. And it's like, aren't you that guy? That yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> um, but for um, Doctor Strange in the and I almost said in the mouth of madness. I'm thinking John Carpenter right now. I mean, um, in the everybody's going to be making that making that little slip. Um, uh, in the multiverse of madness, um, they're trying to make it a straight up horror film, and I am down for that. Because uh, they're trying to say, like, you know, like, that's the only genre that they haven't really tapped into. They kind of tapped into it just a little bit with the first Doctor Strange film, especially with the guy who directed the movie, who, who actually worked primarily on horror films. He did the Sinister films, um, and he was also a huge Doctor Strange fan because he read a lot of the comics back in, like, the 80s and the 90s, back when uh, he was fighting all, like, the H.P. Lovecraft-style tentacle monsters. Mm -hmm. um, Eldritch horror. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, so that's basically what they want to go for for this one because a lot of the other Marvel films have tapped into, like, other genres. Yep. Um, heist, this is heist movies. The conspiracy know. theory uh, film, Spy which was basically, which was basically uh, the Winter Soldier film. Um, he, uh, they... They just want to go to go straight to a horror film with this one. Yep. So I'm really excited to see where they go with that. Same. One. Same. It's like horror is one of those is one of those genres. It's like I'm fascinated by it, but the way my brain works, anytime I consume any sort of horror uh, media like that, it lurks in the back of my head for for like a month, and it makes it difficult for me to sleep because I know it's going to creep up on me. What you're saying. After Doctor Strange, we should make Ash constantly tap on your door. You won't know it's us. He, you know, Zeke is refer is referring to the ghost that uh, that periodically likes to manifest in our in our house. We don't know who who or what they are. We've just dubbed them Ash because first time uh, they manifested, there was a slight smell of like smoke with no apparent. Uh, with no apparent source. And Ash is a nice gender-neutral sort of name. I, Ash already knows not to bother me when I'm sleeping. I once did ask them politely to stop making making noise in the hallway when I was trying to sleep one night. And they did. Are you sure it just wasn't me coming home from work? Yes. Okay. Because you were already home. Okay. <laughs> but I heard like I heard like footsteps out, out, on, out in the upstairs hallway. Okay. Um, stop trying to stop trying to mess I'm around. Trying, I'm trying to wonder if it's been me because I've gone upstairs a couple of times to see if this was like after midnight or something. See if Sam and uh, the peanut guy was awake, and I, I got to come upstairs, see the light on. But should I knock 
eh, it's past midnight. I probably shouldn't yeah. walk back downstairs. So it might, might have been me. Okay. Well, regardless, you know, uh, it happened like twice. I do it from time to time. Anyway. Um, but, but, yeah, but, 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 but horror stuff is like, but it's like the creative part of my brain just likes the whole concept of it's like seeing how they're how it wants to sort of play with your mess with your head in that sort of way but then at the same time that creative part of my brain likes to just sort of think about that stuff at night when I'm trying to fall asleep and then I'm just like <laughs> I mean if you want like two really good horror films to watch definitely check out John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness and his In the Mouth of Madness film because those those two along with the thing form essentially what he calls his apocalypse trilogy because it's supposed to be his take like on like uh, Lovecraftian horror. Yep. Um, because it turns out he's a huge HP Lovecraft fan, and you'd um, be hard pressed <laughs> to find anybody in the horror genre nowadays that has not been in some way influenced by my Lovecraft. Well, each film is a, is essentially different. Like the thing, the alien, the whole thing with the alien, Prince of Darkness, with the uh, the devil. Um, and then the third film, which in the mouth of madness is supposed to be like, um, uh, essentially what if Stephen King became a God, <laughs> essentially what it is. Yeah. And, uh, apparently the monsters they had, cause apparently the HP Lovecraft stories are public domain. So anybody can put out yep. a HP Lovecraft <clears throat> book and make money off of it. Um, yeah, well, anybody can do it without having to worry about legal repercussions. Yeah. Is, is a better way of putting it. <laughs> okay, yeah, better way of putting it. Um, so I think they said that a lot of the monsters that you saw in like the one chase scene with Sam Neill like, towards the end of the film, were a lot of them were based off the actual Lovecraftian monsters. But I've never, because I've never actually read any of the books before, I can't really confirm that. I can always le lend you the compendium that I have, because I have like the collected works of Lovecraft on, on my bookshelf. Because, you know, I... I'm, like I said, I'm fascinated by that by that stuff. The sort of existential horror of, of re, like reading this stuff doesn't bother me too much. It's like once it gets like more into like a visual medium, that's when it's when it starts to get in my head way more. But yeah, um, the multiverse stuff. I'm very curious to see how uh, multiverse of madness is going to is going to play up the horror aspect of it. If it's going to be like showing like all the worst timelines, or is it going to show like, there are other things besides Eliath out there that eat uh, time, or or universes, or something? Well, see, you know what's... Or is it Dormammu gets gets loose because of this, or... I mean, like, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, in terms of Dormammu, if whether or not he actually gives a, rec gives a crap about taking over, essentially, I guess I could call it the Earth Realm, or... I'm just, oh, okay, Midgard. We'll just go, go ahead and call it Earthrealm. It's uh, easier. That or way. Midgard, if we want to call it that. Because I know that Dormammu is a huge threat, and um, Doctor Strange is basically one of the people who actually fights against him, along with the other, like, supernatural-type characters. Like, I think Ghost Rider has fought him also, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, I know Dormammu... imagine the Pendant Stay on that thing? I don't think the Pendant Stay would work on him. Because he doesn't have a soul. The Pendant Stay only works if you have a soul. That's the reason why in the first Ghost Rider film it didn't work on uh, Blackheart until he absorbed that entire town. San Venganza. Yeah. yeah, and it was like over like, I think like a thousand souls. And so after that he was like... A thousand evil souls. Yeah, and then after that Ghost Rider was like, I can use the penance there on you now. And therefore burned every single one of those 
souls and then left him catatonic. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, God, I can't remember the devil's name in the Marvel universe. Um, he shows up. Mephisto. Mephisto, thank you. He shows up and the guy that we were kept expecting to pop up during WandaVision. <laughs> and then uh, Mephisto pops up and says, "Okay, thank you. I'm gonna take him back now, and um, I'm gonna take the spirit of vengeance away from you." And that's when Johnny Blaze says. No, I'm going to use this against you now. Yeah. Which, obviously, if you've seen the sequel to Ghost Rider, yep. then you kind of already know how that goes. Because the guy who plays the devil in that is the same guy who plays Steppenwolf in Justice League. <laughs> I think I remember hearing that at the time. Um, I was just sort of like, hey, the guy's getting paid from both from both sides. Why not? <clears throat> well, so was Jim on Hansu with both Captain Marvel films. John, yep, John, yeah, he was in both Captain Marvel <laughs> movies. That's right. Um, um, but like in terms of like the, the them setting up Kang the Conqueror as the new villain, I saw that coming because of Endgame. And, no, because of Endgame. Okay. Oh, that's right. I think you were saying that around because the time. whole time travel aspect. I was like, "Watch, Kang the Conqueror is going to be the next villain." And he's going right. to be the next. He's the next cosmic level threat. Now, here's the funny thing: Kang was also one of the characters owned by Fox that they never used. So and now they're opening the door. You know, the forbidden door has essentially been opened. They, you know, that's how they're probably going to introduce the X Men and the Fantastic Four into. Into the MCU. Supposedly the way that they want to introduce the X-Men is because of um, the snap being used. Like, because yeah. if you remember Rocket, when he was waiting for Thanos to use the Infinity Stones again in um, Endgame, yeah. he said that when uh, Thanos first used the Infinity Stones there on was Earth, like there was wave. like a huge like wave of gamma radiation that surrounded the entire Earth, and so that was like the signal. Uh, so all he had to do was wait for that. And then the track, another one happened on the Garden World. And that's where they knew where to find him. So I'm wondering if whether or not that, like the gamma that's, radiation. That's an easy way to, you know, explain here's why mutants have suddenly become way more of a thing. Yeah. Um, but if they want to sort of jumpstart it so you don't have to wait a generation, uh, you know, for uh, people to be, you know, for mutants to start developing their powers, using the, you know, somehow folding. Uh, one of these alternate timelines back into the quote-unquote sacred timeline of the MCU. Because I have a feeling they are eventually going to pare you know, all that multiverse stuff down so it's not so chaotic. Yeah, but it's funny because I... I don't know that we're ever going to get a full, like, you know, like, uh, sacred timeline that's inviolate sort of thing. No, uh, we probably will. Well, I mean, they've already said that in terms of, like, let's say the Fox X-Men films, that's their own, where, yeah. like... The Avengers don't exist. The, all the other teams don't exist. Then there's the universe with the Ben Affleck Daredevil in it. They, you know, none of those characters all exist. All the standalone Marvel stuff. Yeah, which I feel like... The, the one Ghost of the, Rider films. Yeah, stuff like... Well, supposedly Ghost Rider was supposed to have a quote-unquote cameo at the end of Punisher Warzone. Because Punisher was supposed to have seen a fiery trail caused by a motorcycle hmm. and that was supposed to tease Ghost Rider because what the original idea was for like the darker Marvel characters like Daredevil Moon Knight Punisher Ghost Rider they were supposed to be under the Marvel Knights logo uh, but I don't I think the Marvel Knights thing kind of went away after Warzone came out I think so uh, they they sort of they sort of decided to go darker with the that stuff and that's when they created like the Max 
stuff like Punisher Max and uh, and similar titles under like a. Well, I'm talking about the movies. Okay, well the movies. I just think because that Punisher didn't do well in my opinion. I like Punisher yeah. Warzone. Yeah, I like I'm sorry. The, uh, I th- I thought that one was a lot better than the previous one. I liked the Thomas Jane. No, so did I. I liked Thomas Jane as the Punisher, but I feel like Warzone was a lot better. The thing I didn't like about Warzone is that they. Basically, grabbed his, they grabbed a bunch of characters from the Punisher Max comics, and then they, you know, and then they just sort of like completely, uh, you know, neutered them a lot. Like in the Punisher Max comics, there was a, a char- that one of the characters uh, that was in like the first volume of it was this guy called Pitsy, who was a real mean, nasty son of a bitch. He was basically the muscle for the for the for the big bad in that storyline, and Pitsy managed to go toe-to-toe with, uh, with Frank Castle and, like, shot him in the... shot him practically point-blank with a, uh, with a shotgun. And Frank managed to get out of... you know, get somewhat out of the way, but it blew away one of Frank's ribs. Ooh. And this... and he's, like, beating the hell out of Pitsy, like, rips out one of... rips out one of his eyes, and Pitsy basically just spits in his face and, you know... and his, his fingers got broke. He just snaps his fingers back into place and just, like, bring it on! Keeps... Frank tackles him out of a window. He gets impaled on a on the spikes on top of like an iron fence, uh, and Frank uses him as a cushion to land on it. So he like drives him onto this thing. Frank goes back into the building where he's fighting off a bunch of other guys. Pitsy somehow breaks the 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 part of the fence that he's impaled on off. Comes staggering into the into the building, still trying to fight him. Frank blows away most of his face. And he still keeps going until he finally just drops. He, like, took a ridiculous amount of punishment. And in Punisher Warzone, Frank just blows his head off in one shot while he's just sat at a table. So it's like the cops trying to shoot that guy high off of uh, the basalts down in uh, Florida. Sure. Where it's just like, shoot him in the head! Yeah. Or, like, Boris the Bullet Dodger. No, I, I remember, I remember a, uh, this one, I think it was a Punisher comic where he was fighting Wolverine. <laughs> he took a shotgun... Shot Wolverine. I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> point blank range in the f- no, he shot him at point blank range in the face and like took all the flesh off. So you just saw the metal skull. <laughs> um, and then he shot his nuts off afterwards. And Wolverine is literally just crawling along the ground. And then Punisher shows up with a steamroller and then runs him over with it. And the entire time Wolverine's just going, Frank, don't do it. <laughs> and, Fra- and Punisher just runs his ass over. Uh, like Judge Doom and <laughs> freaking uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Grant, I don't think that's the worst thing that's ever happened no, to Wolverine. No. Um, um, but I'm it, still I'm still sad that we didn't get Barracuda in the Punisher Netflix series. Uh, rumor has it that they that Marvel does want to bring those char- those particular characters with those actors back. I don't really know if it's going to be all of them or not because supposedly they want to put like. Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and uh, Iron Fist under the Heroes for Hire banner. But that would also require Colleen Wing and uh, Misty Knight. I mean, it's not that difficult for them to introduce those characters. But supposedly, supposedly, when they say uh, uh, Heroes for Hire? No, not Heroes for Hire. I don't mind Heroes for Hire. It's. uh, Because I kept calling it. What's his name? Danny Rand? Yeah. Are you talking about the actor who played him? Yeah, that, that, we want everybody back besides him. 
Well, suppose supposedly the, the Ooh, supposedly the thing about the actor who played Danny Rand was that he um, he he's two different things were said. He was told uh, not to practice martial arts for it, and then the other thing that was said was that he said that he didn't want to. So it's really conflicting on what was actually said yeah. in terms of that. Um, but I but I kept saying it like during Luke Cage, like the whole barbershop, and then. When the owner for that was killed, but then Luke took it over, and then in season two, it was basically turned into like a merchandise stand for Luke. I was like, "Watch, season three comes around. That's gonna be turned into the Heroes for Hire uh, place." Um, and then um, the one episode of season two when Danny Rand shows up, and then the two of them teamed up. Now, granted, the two of them worked great together. Uh, like you had Luke Cage essentially being like the muscle and the shield, and then. Iron Fist would hide right behind him, charge his fist up, go around, and then just start punching dudes. <laughs> I, 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 so I just remember the one thing that made me so happy during the Defenders. Which is? You're staying here, Danny. I'm going out there. You're staying here. I'm going to fight you. I'm a boxer. You're a martial artist. How is he winning? Oh, wait, it's Daredevil. And then he punches Luke Cage. And Luke Cage is like, really? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, Danny. Oh, down he doesn't. Beating the crap out of him. Dan- Danny just tries using all of his like normal non-power, non-powered up attacks. And it's on like him. you're trying that on <clears throat> Luke Cage. Well, he doesn't know who Luke Cage is. This is supposed to be them meeting him for the first time, and then he charges his fist up, goes over, and actually punches Luke so hard in the face that he goes flying into a, basically a metal door. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, like supposedly they want, they, supposedly. Marvel wants to bring them into like the main because they were supposed to apparently they were supposed to be in Infinity War, no, in Endgame. No, in Infinity War. Was it Infinity War or yes. was it Endgame? Infinity War because the Russos wanted them for Infinity War, but then they were like, uh, "We kind of already have too many characters in this." So I mean, they, it would have been perfect to throw them in during the battle but, Battle of Earth in End in Endgame. But it's okay. I'm sorry, but I think they would have gotten killed. It's okay. It's okay because now we have Daredevil supposedly coming in the Spider Man. It's fine. Yeah, because it because Charlie Cox has it in his contract that he has to be in a Marvel movie if they want him in the film. I think Spider Man Three is probably going to be the best thing because Peter's going to need a lawyer. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay, um, we got him. It's going to be fine. Um, but then the only other person I could have seen seen hired hired as a lawyer for him. Granted, uh, Matt Murdock is probably is pro- is better is Jennifer Walters. She-Hulk. Yep. Oh. Yep, I forgot. That's, that's true. Yeah, I forgot that she's also a lawyer. Eh. I mean, that's where most of her titles have basically gone in more recent years. They've sort of leaned away a little bit from, you know, you know, going out and smash stuff and more just sort of like, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I can also kick your ass, but I, can, I prefer to do it in a court of law. <laughs> um, um, but... We let, yeah we sort of went off on a little bit of a tangent. We did uh, almost do this. Fine. Yeah. So this is I mean it's a rap cast which means it's more or less a ramble cast. So hey. Um, but like all right so I gotta ask you guys this which was you what was your favorite moment for or your favorite episode for uh, Loki? Episode five. The one with the oops all Loki's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, tell me that wasn't a, that wasn't a uh, great episode. I'm trying to remember. No, I. That was the one where they're like in the void, and he meets all the other Lokis. Like, oh yeah, classic the kid Loki. I classic that, Loki. I forgot Loki was only six alligator episodes, Loki. <laughs> yeah, I forgot it's only six episodes. Dang. Black Loki, and no then you, and then you had President Loki. Yep. Um, what the hell's an alligator doing in here? 
What was, what was his problem? He ate the, the, he ate the wrong, wrong neighbor's cat. <laughs> Which implies it wasn't because he ate the, ate the cat. He ate the wrong cat. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. We also got to uh, remember the surprise cameo that was in that episode. Frog. Oh yes, frog. <laughs> you remember? You may not remember that because you, if you if you're having trouble remembering the episode, was that do you the remember the, the little guy, the little Thor in the uh, in the in the, glass in, the in the glass jar? Yep, I remember that, that was frog. And yes, that was Chris Hemsworth voicing him, <laughs> quote unquote voicing him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just like the the idea that they brought him in. Well, I suppose it was more what they probably just did was they had him in the booth to record dialogue for uh, what if. And then just and then they were like, "Hey, while we've got you, <laughs> we need you for this episode of Loki." Uh, but see, the thing that kind of that's actually really funny about that scene to me is the fact that he is mere inches from Mjolnir. But Mjolnir is like normal size. It's not going to matter once he grabs it. You know, he proves himself worthy and just he becomes normal size again. Oh, God, I, that that would actually be pretty cool to see his Throg, Alligator, Loki, and Spider Ham. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Um, um, I, I just, I, I me, mean, I don't know. I, I didn't really watch Loki for the Loki aspect. I watched Loki just to see him act. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston is a fantastic. Because I, I feel, there I feel are like two people that I would just sit back. They him well, and uh, almost. No, actually, no. My second one is Owen. Uh, guy who does Gregory House. Um, huge, not huge. Uh, um, Hugh, Hugh Laurie? Hugh yeah. Laurie. Those two actors? Yeah, Hugh, Hugh Laurie is a, is a very good actor. I will, I, they can sit there and act the lifestyle of a pile of shit, and they'll make it interesting somehow. Mm-hmm. It's like, as, much, as for a favorite part of Loki, I would have to say my favorite part was them trying to... Save, save themselves from the ship to the ship. Oh, uh, when they were trying to outrun the moon crashing. Yeah, either on that one or when that was a good episode. Loki, that was a good episode. When, it's still the same episode, but oh, where Loki was essentially drunk and singing in Asgardian. Yes, and then they launched him out. They launched him out the uh, the window. That was funny as hell. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that was that was one. Of, but I feel like. Episode 5 had the most Easter eggs in it. Oh, absolutely. Like, you had the, the Thanos copter. The Thanos copter. <laughs> there was the Thanos copter. There was the, uh, what was it, the Living Imperium, I think? Living Tribunal. Living Tribunal, the statue of the character's head. Uh, you also had uh, Yellow Jacket's helmet. A giant. A yep. giant. Yeah, a giant Yellow Jacket helmet. Uh, another thing, the Avengers Tower that you can see in the background when, you f- when Loki first wakes up in the void in the stinger from the previous episode. Yeah. Uh, somebody actually p- pointed out online that it's, while it's the same like profile as Avengers Tower, the the name on the side of it was actually different. I forget what it was, but the company that it, that it that it uh, that is listed there is a company that in the comics was run by Kang. I know the company I was talking about. But I can't think of the name of it. Something Chinese, I think. Um. <clears throat> because King I know that because Kang is technically a human, yes, but he's from like it's kind of first century. Yeah, it's it, he, it's kind of like Reverse Flash. If you take away the Speed Force, but you keep you let him keep the time traveling aspect, mm-hmm. um, and a giant ship shaped like a sword. Yeah. Um, although I don't think they're gonna, I highly doubt they're gonna let him have that. They might give him a ship, and it, well, I mean, we'll see when 
either in season two of Loki or whenever he uh, starts showing up in some of the main in some of the movies. Technic- I mean, he's gonna be in he's gonna be in Ant Man and Wasp Quantum. Yeah, I was about to point that out. Yeah, he's supposed to be in that. Because um, they'd already confirmed that you know it was that it was gonna be Jonathan Majors, uh, and that he was listed as Kang. So when he popped up in episode six of Loki, a lot of people that recognized who he was, I didn't know, you know, who he oh. was, or that he had already been confirmed as Kang and uh, something else. When they when he popped up there as He Who Remains, it was just like, oh my god. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so. I'm honestly wondering if whether or not they're going to also introduce the Fantastic Four during Phase Four. I mean, they they teased it very heavily during the big uh, Marvel welcomes you back to the movies trailer, where they dropped all the titles that uh, that they you know that they have uh, release dates for, um, and at, it was like at the tail end of it, you know, they do like the Marvel logo, and, the, and then you see like the like a the flash four. of the. The four pop up there in exactly the same sort of style as the Fantastic Four logo. It's like, come on. The only thing just that admit I, that you're doing it. <laughs> the the only thing that I kind of request that they do for this film skip the origin story. Yeah, I mean I'm down with them skipping origin stories for most for most of the su- superhero things, or at least get it under like five minutes. You know, maybe stick it during like the during the opening credits thing. You just sort of. Recap it sort of in the background, kind of like what they did with the Incredible Hulk film, where you just kind of like saw snippets of how he exactly. got irradiated. It's like so you didn't have to go through the whole boring process of it all. It's just like this is what happened. <clears throat> He's on the run. Thunderbolt Ross is is chasing him. Boom! There you have there you have mm-hmm. the origin story. And for this one, like I don't care if they decide to go. The classic route, the gamma rays from space, or if they want to do the whole dimension thing, like from the Ultimate Comics, because that's supposed to be how they got their powers in the Ultimate mm-hmm. Universe. Um, and they also said in the Ultimate Universe that each member of the Fantastic Four represents a different element, like Sue Storm is air, uh, Reed Richards is water, uh, Johnny 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 Storm is uh, obviously, fi- obviously fire. fire, and then Ben Grimm is earth. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, they sort of touched on that a bit in the, uh, in I think they did that similarly in the in Ultimate uh, version as well. I I gotta say this: I want Michael Fassbender for Doctor Doom. <clears throat> I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> It'd be freaking hilarious. <laughs> um, but I want. But if you, if not, if you can't get him, who you who would you cast as uh, Victor Von Doom? Oh God. Um... That's the problem. He's literally my the only choice that I have right now because yeah. he's already done Magneto, so he doesn't need to do Magneto. They can find somebody else. In fact, I heard a rumor that they're talking about having uh, two black guys playing Professor X and Magneto. Which, if you look at the reasons why, at who the two characters are based off of, it would make perfect sense. Yeah, because they're based off of Martin Luther King Jr. and, and Mal- Malcolm, Malcolm X. X. Yeah, um, but I'm I mean for Doctor Doom. Fastbender is literally my only choice for that role. Uh, for um, Sue Storm and Reed Richards, yeah. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Yes, they are literally my only choices for that role. Then who do you cast as Johnny St- Johnny Storm? Zach Efron. Hmm. He's literally like I've heard some people say that they want him for it, and I kind of like went and took a look at him. I was like, I can see him as Johnny Storm. Ben Grimm. Ben Grimm. Oh. Just get Michael Chiklis back. Yes, <laughs> that the guy from the Shield. Yes, yes. Yeah, the guy who played Ben, the guy who played Ben Grimm yeah. in the first Fantastic Four. But do you, but they can like, 
if they first can, two, I if they say. can if they can find a way to make him work in a suit again, great. If not CGI, I'm fine with either one because I I mean you've already done CG the CG effect with uh, Mark Ruffalo and the Hulk. Yeah. Literally, just do the same thing with Michael Chiklis. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, it looks a lot better than the fan four stick theme. Yeah. Uh, who was naked? Um, <clears throat> well, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, low key. I like that they were able to, in a intelligible, you know, a very easy to understand way, introduce the whole concept of like the you know sort of retouched on time travel, alter, you know, alternate timelines slash multiverse, and introduced. Like everything with regards to the TVA and uh, He Who Remains slash Kang the Conqueror, in a in a way that made that made sense, and it's not just sort of like wait 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 what what uh, you're hurting my brain. They 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 kept it very simple and easy to understand. Um. So how did you how did the two of you react when you saw the three uh, robots? That were supposed to be like the, the, the timekeepers. Yes, I mean when the timekeepers first showed up there, I'm like the you know I, I, at that point I was already like this isn't they're, this they're not gonna like kill them off right here and as soon as like uh, or something's gonna happen and it's gonna turn out nope uh, because there were still two episodes left confronting them in episode four like that it's like unless you go in a completely you know out of nowhere direction with this it's you know you're not gonna they're not gonna there's something else going on. And then when she like cuts the head off and you hear sp- and there were like sparks, I was like, okay, so they're robots. Wait, do granted, you- granted, they'd already sort of surprised me when Mobius got pruned earlier in that episode. I was like, all right. I, I'm I, a bit surprised. I, I, and then and then towards the end of the episode, suddenly Loki gets pruned. And that's when I was like, okay. In the moment, I was like, one of two things is going to happen here. Either A... Because the series is titled Loki, and they've established that Sylvie is Loki, just a variant, and the series is now about her, or Loki's not really dead, and he's just been sent somewhere else. So I wait, and then the stinger happened. Lo and behold, he was sent somewhere else. I was like, okay, there you go. I was like, I wasn't like, you're not going to kill off Tom Hiddleston. I was like, this is a bold decision. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> I mean, they did it in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. And they sort of did it in Dark World. Yeah. Only for him to turn up. Well, the yeah, the Dark World one. Yeah, I, I suspected it wasn't gonna it, that he was not dead, and then sure enough. But Infinity War. At that point, I was just sort of like, okay, where are you going with this? <laughs> and then it's like, no, he's dead. Wow. <laughs> Zeke, what about you? When they showed the three robots, did you think that's where they were? It was gonna go with the timekeepers. Yeah. Judge Mike, I was like I said, I wasn't watching it for Loki. I was watching it to see the acting. He, he was watching it for Tom Hiddleston, not for Loki. I mean, yeah, it was an interesting aspect, but I wasn't really invested that much into the... Because, you gotta keep in mind, the Marvel voices kind of screwed me over multiple times. Mandarin, Taskmaster, who else? But what, what's going on with uh, Mysterio's, you know... Multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. Oh yeah, multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, multiverse. My my brain's like it's fake. They will come out. That didn't happen. Yeah, and then Wandavision came along. We were all like multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. And then it's like nah. And then literally the first like couple episodes of Loki, it was just they. It was like they were literally just sort of being like, stop multiverse isn't a thing. Stop trying to make multiverse a thing. And then we have we have a whole we have a whole police force that is that is in place to stop the multiverse from happening. Yeah, like literally my 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 whole 
Now you have the multiverse. Are you happy? No, because I know it's not going to happen. It's a fake. It's a keychain. It's a keychain. Until they sit there and go, here it is. We have to deal with it now. I, and you literally don't think that's what happened at the end of at the end of, at the end of season one of Loki. You literally see everything just like splintering off because he he said a multiversal war. Yes, but he also has now entered a frame of area where they don't know about the the multiverse still. Like the timeline is now. Yeah, they went past the threshold where he's like, I don't know what's going to happen now. Like they don't. He doesn't know. Like there's not like hey, they when Loki came out like. There's multiple people going to happen, multiple attacks. Who are you? The reset button has been hit. Until we have... I, I'm holding on. Like I said, I, I've been teased. I've been burned too many times. With the with them teasing multiverse. And you know how I feel about the multiverse. I want the multiverse. I love the multiverse. I want it to happen. It's my precious. And the thing is, they really the keys in front of me. Enough. Now, until the keys touch my hand... And they, and they and they and they let them go into your hands. Yes, I won't it's not just it. a case of like in a yoink. Because <laughs> I, I I foresee oh, like my I brain. Got it. <laughs> my brain is really sitting there going, they're going to somehow fix this in the first five minutes. <clears throat> they're not going to do it that. They're not going to do it that quickly. I because they they have a second season of Loki in the works right now. And it's literally the only one that's getting a second season too. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. what if could could get a second season? What if is like the only other, Mar- the only other Marvel Plus series, because uh, that's just what I'm going to call it for for ease of <laughs> for ease of saying. It's like the only other series I could see getting multiple seasons. Yeah, but let's see where let's see where that one goes. Like, <clears throat> like, I, I'm holding off until it happens. So the time variant, the time guys, the robots. You were just like, eh. I mean, it was a cool twist. We kind of see it coming. Because it's like all-powerful beings who manipulate things. Beings. And the middle one is man. If you're that powerful, anything that we've seen, if you're that powerful and you have multiple people, someone gets greedy and kills the other two. And that's literally what He Who Remains said happened in his backstory. So, really, when, they, when they're like, hey, there's three of them, and there's three of them there, I'm like, that's, no. That's not going to be it. There's something behind door number one. So, I kind of felt like it was, eh. Yep. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, Loki introduced a whole bunch of stuff uh, into the MCU, the multiverse being one of them, if the multiverse lasts longer than, than that. I think... We're not going to get it all sort of zip down back into one timeline, but I think the sheer chaos of it is going to get reined in. So you've got you have multiple branches, but not like to the chaos that's been unleashed. As long as they don't do what DC did, which I respect them for what they did, but God, what the new Fifty Two stuff? Well, not just that. We're thinking. I want to put comic book into the effect because we're going comic book way. They're probably uh, Marvel's going to probably do what they did with the comic books. You had Ultimate Timeline and Normal Timeline. There was an event that the Ultimate Timeline got erased. And the, char- yeah. the characters that were popular... No, that's not what Ultimatum was. Oh, okay. The characters that were popular got shifted into the original timeline from their plans. They got sort of folded yeah. into it. Well, what happened was Galactus, the main Galactus, like the one giant one that yeah. we're all familiar with, made the found ultimate. his way into the Ultimate Universe. And the Ultimate Universe already has its own version of yep. Galactus. I remember. Um, 
So he managed to find his way into that universe, but because of this happening after the events of Ultimatum, of course, you know, the X-Men at this point in time are gone. Um, the Ultimates are, for the most part, they're gone. Um, and a lot of characters were killed off. Mm -hmm. So not a whole lot of people are around to help defend against um, Galactus. One of those literally people, an outside context problem. Uh, one of the one of the people who would have been there to defend against him, but unfortunately he kind of went a little crazy. Was Reed Richards? Mm -hmm. Reed Richards is the one who essentially creates the ultimate nullifier to stop Galactus, and because he kind of went a little crazy. He formed the Future Foundation, which was like created yeah, out of like oh, yeah, he went full he went full evil. Oh yeah, um, and so what happened was uh, they was Sue Storm literally trapped him inside of a bubble, about literally the size of a bowling ball, because she knew that it would fit him and that he wouldn't be able to break out. Stretch. <laughs> um, so he's essentially imprisoned in that. Um, so he. he he was not around to help stop Galactus. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of those characters, like Miles Morales, and a lot of like surviving characters, ended up in the prime in Marvel six. In yeah, in the prime Marvel universe. Which I'm fine with this. DC did Crisis of Infinite Earth. Now keep in mind, I'm not talking about comic books because if I was, I'd be talking about that stuff. We're going to stick with the TV show, the Arrowverse. The Arrowverse. They merged everything together into one. One universe, one timeline. Cool. But then they said, hey, this timeline over here still exists, this timeline over here exists. So if Marvel wraps up like two of the universes into one, I'm fine with that. Yeah. They do three. Okay. And now if they go all the way in and spoilers and back up with Multiverse of Madness. Multi I don't know, we don't know when what's going to happen with the multiverse, but I do think. They're going to pull like an Ultimate Marvel sort of thing, and they're going to take aspects from some of the, the more popular uh, alternate timelines, and we'll try to fold them into uh, into the MCU. Kind of want to see a Fortnite thing. So Fortnite has brought cartoon characters mm -hmm. in with their Witcher characters. I want to see them bring in if they fold the universe in. Bring cartoon Miles Morales into the universe. Are you <laughs> talking about the one from Into the Spider Verse? Yes. Bring them in. So yes, he looks okay, yes. And, and Spider-Gwen. Yeah, but they look cartoony out of the thing, and they look out of place, but no one else notices it. You know what? If you're going to do that, bring all the Spider-Friends yeah. from, from Into the Spider-Verse in there. You get Miles, you get Peter B. Parker, you get uh, you get, Sp get Spider-Gwen, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir, but they have uh, to Petra. Have, they have to have it so those specific characters look cartoony instead of having real-life people. So they like they they don't look like they mash mesh the universe, but no one else in the universe yeah. really. Yeah, it's literally just us, the audience, are the ones noticing the animation style. Yes, everyone else just treats them like they're completely normal. <clears throat> kind of like how everyone treated Spider-Man Noir, completely normal, despite the fact that he is literally monochrome, because his world has no color in it. Yeah, That's why he was so interested in Rubik's Cube. Yeah, <laughs> you've got you've got the one thing though. Why is there a thing of wind? You know what he's doing? His oh yeah, that's right. The <laughs> wind. Well, yeah. The, why is the, why is your coat f flapping in the in the wind? We're underground. <laughs> but yeah, that's what Spider I Spider Ham, of course, just full cartoon logic. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be so awesome just to see that. They call it in Especially the when he dropped the anvil on Scorpion's head. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, back to the, uh, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, we were back just... Back to Loki. Loki, yeah, just sort of Loki and the multiverse stuff in general. Oh, the, um, the, one, of the things but, that actually, one of the things that had me laughing it was when he uh, was looking for the uh, the Tesseract, and he opened up the drawer. And he finds just all these other infinity, infinity stones. And there's like six time stones in there, like two And, and they're stones. literally just paperweights. In yeah, the <laughs> because apparently magic does not work. Well, they're not magic precisely, but you, you got, yes... The, all that phenomenal cosmic power, literally in an itty bitty living space. <laughs> Quite literally, it's in a drawer. Yep. And he's like, in the mail cart. He's basically. like, what are you doing with a drawer full of Infinity Stones? And the guy's like, oh, we get these all the time. Some of us use them as paperweights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I feel sorry for that guy though, because we now know he's a variant of some guy that just got picked up by the TVA and they essentially mind wiped him. So he thinks that he's just been he's just lived his whole life in the TVA. One bad day. I mean, not all of them are necessarily one bad day, but uh, because Hunter, because Hunter B twenty, you know the the chick, you know when she, you know when Sylvie like, you know enchants her, and then she, when she grabs Sylvie, takes her back to the Roxon apocalypse uh, thing in the in the rain, and she asks, and Sylvie enchants her again to help her see her whatever memory that was, and. She's just sort of like, I look happy. <laughs> it's just sort of like, fuck, dude. <laughs> it's kind of like the uh, the plot device, or I'm just going to call it the MacGuffin in uh, Black Widow. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Well, I mean, let's let's go ahead and get to it, because as I've been, you know, as I've been saying, you know, Kang has been, is now the next cosmic level threat in the MCU. Oh, and they did confirm in the comics that Kang is actually more powerful than Thanos. He actually has killed Thanos. <clears throat> I mean, with that level of power, it's sort of not surprising. But um, something else that's been going on, that's been happening in the these early uh, Phase Four properties is they've been starting to set up the next global level threat, you know, as opposed to cosmic, which is what I'm going to essentially call the Dark Avengers. With Valentina, the, you know, the, the Contessa, we saw her turn up in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And recruit John Walker to become U.S. agent. Which, I was already calling him U.S. agent from the beginning. Yes. I was like, no, that's U.S. agent. Yes. Um, hashtag not my cap. <laughs> um, and hashtag. then... Ah, the face! Yeah, the face. But then he grew the facial hair out and he kind of looked a little bit better. Is that definitely a... A little, a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. Uh, and then, but then she turned up in the stinger of uh, Black Widow to recruit Yelena, uh... Well, she's already been recruited, but basically to give her her next assignment, which is, hey, you're going to be you're going to be in the Hawkeye series. <laughs> um, Here's your contract. Please sign here, 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 and here. Um, and but, thump right there. But that's the, but that's the thing, you know. So now, you know, she's got essentially a Captain America and a Black Widow. She <laughs> it looks like like Valentina, you know, and the new Hydra organization that she is presumably in charge of are gathering their own versions of the Avengers together. You know, so it's like they they'll probably get their hands on some sort of Iron Man style tech. Well that's what Armor Wars is probably gonna be. That's probably because Armor Wars is supposed to be it's supposed to have uh, War Machine as the lead. Alright. I'm down for seeing more Rhodey. Um and uh they'll presumably want to get their hands on, on some sort of uh, gamma mutant. And let's see, who do we know that's been that's a gamma mutate 
that's still alive in the MCU. Abomination, because he is in the trailer for Shang-Chi. I know, but the best one would be taking General Ross's anger for the Hulk. If and making if William Hurt wasn't as old as he was, I'd be down for seeing for for Red Hulk. See, the thing is that they don't they don't they wouldn't need him to do like the whole mocap stuff. They can bring in Mark Ruffalo to do that, or God forbid. Or get somebody else to just do the mocap for it. Mo- just to completely hide, disguise the fact that it's... Or they do a station recognition on top, of, on top of the motion capture that he has. Well, they could literally do, like, it's like... Well, they, but here's, here's the thing, here's the thing. MCU has already proven that they are willing to take stat, you know, known characters from the canon and make, make it so that they are someone else. Taskmaster is a perfect example. See, I kind of have an idea for that on how they could break, make Taskmaster... The Taskmaster that we all know and love from the comics, because Tony Masters in the comics was a Shield agent. Okay. So they could just say that he somehow got his hands on the Taskmaster technology. He already had the ability to, um, to, you know, to right. remember stuff. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really need it to need the technology to help him remember it, but he just uses it, like he just takes it, kind of like the same way that like U.S. how John Walker got Cap Shield. Mm. You know, like, it was essentially, like, either given to him or he just takes it, but he doesn't need the chip thing in the yeah, back of his neck. but here's the thing. I'm just, like, they've already got a Taskmaster that is very formidable by herself. It's like, yeah, she's had her brain, she's, the control that uh, Dracoff had over her has been broken. But we don't know what's going to happen with her, necessarily. It could be once she's sort of gotten over the the trauma and is, uh, and is finally able to make her own choices, she could be like, "I am a killing killing machine," and go back to do, being that. Maybe even for Hydra. Ooh, no, because a lot of things. If you look at the at the Black Widow stuff, a lot of that the science stuff was AIM. Okay, but AIM, you know, presumably got dismantled at the end of Iron Man three. But so the Hydra tech is still in the world. It's still in the wild. Technically, AIM and Hydra hate each other. Okay. That was a- no, no, no. You know who I can see taking over AIM? Modok. Mm. Because Modok technically is the head of AIM. Yep. Yep. Um, and like, I'm sorry. I know how everybody feels about the game, but I feel like the way that they portrayed Modok and that was probably the in best the, in the Marvel's Avengers. Yes, uh, Square Enix w- would end up probably being. The best way to bring him into the I, MCU. I, I kind of agree because, like you know, like where you see him throughout the game, you see Roger him slowly mutating. turning into Modok mm-hmm. uh, with the giant chair and everything. Because, like, I don't think like the way that we all know like how he actually looks is gonna would translate very well into the MCU. But the way he looked in the Avengers game, that's literally the best way he could be portrayed in the in fair, the live action movie. But I do think that <clears throat> Valentina. Is going to you know as Madame Hydra or whatever, whatever they end up uh, end up dubbing her in the uh, in the MCU in, in the future, uh, is you know she's going to be the, like the global level threat with her Dark Avengers or whatever her little group of group of uh, killers ends up being called, because you know she's got the she's got a cap she's got a widow she's going to just sort of keep collecting uh, collecting people. Well, in the case of like Taskmaster for like the comics, I know I think he was recruited by Hydra at some point in time to train their soldiers. Okay. Um. So I could definitely but see. The- I'm just saying. 
I understand what you're what you're saying and how they could introduce Tony Masters. Well, not really, not necessarily, or Tony. Or, or make a, you know a Tony Master style Taskmaster. But I'm just like they already have a Taskmaster who never lost. She didn't lose any of the fights that she was in in Black Widow. The, uh, the fight, she, the final fight she had with she had with Natasha at the end, essentially ended in a draw because she just because she stood down. After she, after she got the gas in the face. No, but what I was gonna say was like she could still be ta- she could still technically be Taskmaster for Hydra, mm. um, and be the one who essentially trains the new troops. Yeah, because well, again, like sorry, I, Zeke, Zeke no, has no, something. No, because no, he, 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 no, I was gonna say because that's what happens with Taskmaster in the comics is he does get recruited, so they could still work it in with her. Maybe. With this character now, if they again, if he becomes like the next Taskmaster, if she dies, yes, because because like, it's, it's kind of like um, Doctor Poison in Wonder Woman. Mm. So in DC, there are two Doctor Poisons. There's the male and there's the female one. Well, in the comics, the male was the original one and the female was the second one. Yep. So for the movies, if they ever decide to bring in another Doctor Poison, it could be the male version. They, all they do is they just reverse the order that they had appeared in. Could be, but I'm just saying. There's no, there's no reason to make the male Taskmaster, you know, as it as it is right now. If, apart from appeasing, you know, people and you know some grognards online who are just like, how they made Taskmaster a woman, blah. you know, because you know there are probably some some of those idiots online who are doing. Yeah, I've that. seen them. And if you are one of those idiots and you happen to be listening to this thing, yes, you are an idiot. Fuck off. <laughs> so. and all bad, it's just drop by two. <laughs> I doubt. I don't know that there are many people, you know, listening. If to you it disagree, then you disagree. That's your opinion. So I, I decided to do this as a way, and while you guys talk, because like I said, I ain't gonna have much to say. Yeah. Dark Avengers member. Yeah. And I decided to look it up Miss Marvel, Moonstone, Scarlet Witch. Uh, actually, apparently the purple, purple, purple hair. Her name is Victoria Ham. No, um, Victoria Ham is a different character. Valentina uh, in uh, you know Julie Louis Dreyfus's character, it, you know she introduced gave her full name, which and that name in the comics is Madame Hydra. But the one that makes me very interested because obviously there's no one Osborne Bullseye. Besides, that, I think they've already done Victoria Hand in the MCU in Agents of Shield. Probably, but not can. They've always announced that Agents of Shield not can. Okay. But here's what makes me very interested. Cause it I was said, at one point, but anyway. Norman anyway. Osborn, Venom, which I already know that's not going to happen. Uh, oh. But the very bottom one, Matt Gargan was part of the Dark Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Matt Gargan was Venom. So you actually have, so they have him in prison, and Spider-Man 3 is around the corner. But you also know who who else was in the Dark Avengers, was Bullseye. Yeah, I mentioned Bullseye. Be- yeah, because Bullseye was their Hawkeye. Mm. They so. Hawkeye, too. Huh? Yeah, Hawkeye is part of as well. Clint Barton is? It just says Hawkeye. Uh, well, regardless, um, it's going to be interesting to see where a lot of this uh, Phase 4 stuff is, is going to go with uh, what characters and con- and, uh, and such they're going to introduce, you know, along, along, the, along the way. Um, <clears throat> I, do, I do think, you know, Dark, you know, Valentina's Dark Avengers or whatever or whatever they're going to end up being. I do think that's what she's doing is that she's just gathering her own like Avengers force together uh, in secret and in the shadows kind of thing, and then 
presumably there'll be there'll be some sort of uh, new Avengers with you know whoever's left to take up the Avengers mantle uh, versus the Dark <clears throat> Avengers sort of thing. Maybe some of them end up switching from one side to the other because yeah. Yelena, I feel like is going to become the is going to become the new Black Widow for the new Avengers. No, so they they've said that it she is going to be the next Black Widow. Yes, but there are plenty of other widows that could step up to be the evil widow for Valentina. But did you hear who the new Hawkeye is going to be after Clint? Taylor Steinfeld. Okay, I don't know. She was the girl from Bumblebee. Okay. Um so oh, she's also the person who voices Gwen Stacy in Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. So she does. She does have Spider Gwen is already going to be in the MCU. Hey, <laughs> in a way. No, um, no, no, no. It's a variant. A blonde hair. Just like not Pietro in uh, in Wandavision. <laughs> That's just a variant. All that. All that for a boner joke. <laughs> yeah, you know. But it was. It was. No, he's a variant of uh, of Quicksilver. Um, but um. Literally, it's now canon because the way they opened up the multiverse, everything is canon. Everything. That means. Oh God, I don't want to see fan, the uh, the Fant Four stick Fantastic Four. I don't think I'm not saying that they need to bring everything into the MCU, but I'm just saying it's out there in oh the multiverse. God. I want to sit there. If it comes on DVD, I want to sit there and have to pause. We're gonna do what they do with Flash. Remember when they did Flash and he's going to the tunnel and you see the different screens show up in, the, in this time force. Was that supposed to be when... Speed Force, you mean? Speed Force? Was that supposed to be, like, when he sees the multiverse? Yeah, because you remember he was doing... He, last time when they did, um... Uh, what, Flashpoint? In the TV show? Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but... They, they had, like, a tunnel, and they showed different flashes from different universes, and... It's like, yeah, you're gonna have... Something's gonna happen when you're going down this tunnel of the multiverse, and you see that Fantastic Four, and the Relic of Knowledge yells... <laughs> Fox butchered that movie so bad. Yeah. I feel so bad for everybody who was involved in it. Josh Trank got... He actually did, has denounced that film. It was part about it. it wasn't a bad I just movie. want him to make Chronicle 2. It wasn't a bad movie if you took out the name Fantastic Four. It's good if you look at it strictly as a sci-fi film, but as a superhero film based off of an established comic book superhero team. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, if you took out Fantastic Four, you would have been fine with it. Yeah. It was not a Fantastic Four film. It had nothing to do with the Fantastic Four film. I'd have been like, you know what? This movie was actually really good. It had the Sky Portal shit thing that was a trend at the time going on. Whatever. Everything was good. Action was good. Story was good. Uh, I would have been fine with it. But because it was a Fantastic Four film, not very good. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Sam has the steelbook for it, I said, you paid money for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just Sam. And great, great, Sam loves to collect steelbooks. That's, and granted, he has Green Lantern, both versions of the film, the extended cut and the theatrical cut. I, I like Green Lantern. I'm sorry. I thought it was a pretty good superhero flick. Ryan Reynolds probably wasn't the best choice to play Hal Jordan because Hal Jordan is actually a very serious character. Uh, he probably would have been better off playing like Guy Gardner. Uh, yeah. But for yeah. the most part, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, it was a good superhero film, mm. right? Everything about it was pretty much spot on in terms of the mythos with the Green Lantern. Well, not really the mythos with the Green Lantern, but ha- what the Green Lantern core is, Sinestro, blah blah, all yeah. those characters. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think what else to sort of, sort of touch on, but. 
I, you know, one of the things, and we sort of talked about this yeah, last night after we, after we watched Black Widow, is that Drakoff was a good, was a, was a good villain in that he had no redeeming qualities. No, he really didn't. Like, there was no reason for you to feel pity for the guy being killed. Yeah. And, and that's, that was and that's shit. It's like, yes, they've had plenty of villains in the, in the MCU who have had some humanizing elements to them. Eric Killmonger, number one. On now, granted, you kind of got to feel bad for him for just one part, though. It was when he was talking about how he had to put a chip in the back of his daughter's head. Yeah, but then, but that we, was saw, it. But then we saw what he did with his daughter once he put that chip in the, in the back of her head. Yeah, turn her into the most dangerous person on the planet. Until Deadpool shows up. All I need to say about if you have any doubts about whether he really loved his daughter, after she got gassed at the end, she looked up at one, uh, she looked up at Natasha and just goes, "Is, is he, he gone? gone?" It's just that those three words tell you all you need to know about their relationship. My brain just went somewhere funny. Whoa, God, what? I want to see rather going through the multiverse, a Mickey Mouse super version. So like you have Mickey Mouse says you literally out. like a digital like, yes hey <laughs> you know like I said everything is canon <laughs> I want to see that happen now but you have I, but, but then but then if Disney's gonna do that Warner Brothers needs to do something similar with the Looney Tunes and uh, the DC superheroes I mean we kind of sort of got that it went on uh, Looney Tunes where uh, God who was the duck character from Looney from uh, Tiny Tunes where. Uh, Duck he, Dodgers? No, 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 no. He was like the little kid, gr- the green wife beater wearing duck from the show. I can't Plucky remember. Plucky Duck? Kid. Plucky, thank you. Uh, where he somehow ended up as Batman's stunt double in the Tim Burton Batman film. Because <laughs> literally, the Tim Burton yeah. Batman was in one particular episode, and he was literally his stunt man. Major Brady Morgo is a verse out there where Phineas and Ferro. Help the Avengers save the day. That was an episode, remember? I know. Again, <laughs> and there's pro- and there's probably a multiverse. Wh- you know, well, across multiple uh, timelines in the multiverse, Rick and Morty is out there. Yeah, everything is canon in Rick and Morty. Everything is now canon in the in in the MCU with the multiverse. I'm just I'm just saying, Rick and Morty are out there somewhere. When, when is the toilet going to show up? It's only a matter of time. <laughs> Somebody well, well, is probably already writing that. Uh, well, probably already writing that fanfic. Well, technically, Marvel. The question is just which Doctor. Well, Marvel was doing the Doctor Who comics at one point in time. I had the first issue in my room. Now it's who's doing them now? It's like IDW or something. Isn't it? No, it's not IDW. They were doing it, but then the comic, the rights of the comics went to somebody else. Okay. But you know. Actually, you know what? I asked the question, which doctor would show up? And the, and the correct answer is all of them. No, I, I, I would love to see it. Now, this is where things go way sideways. It needs to be... I think it's the eighth doctor. Paul McGann? No. Ninth doctor, you mean Christopher Eccleston? Is that the, the one with the leather jacket? No, the one after him. Oh, Tenth Doctor. David yeah. Tennant. David Tennant. That, David Tennant needs to come up as a doctor in front of Jessica Jones. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> and Jessica Jones. Hi, I'm back. the doctor. Kill him. And then Kill she, him just, now. she just and sends him flying across the room because it's super strength. I'm not entirely sure it would be the first time he's been punched in the face, but whatever. Mm. Oh, um, so real quick, for back to Black Widow, what did you guys think of Red Guardian? 
Do you think they could, they underused him, or do you think... I think this was just the right amount right amount of usage. He is sort of past his prime kind of thing, and way too wrapped up in his own in, in his own glory in his own glory days. The thing, the thing about not him, realizing that his glory days are over, and the, the world has that, passed him by. Because the thing is that he was a super soldier during the Cold War, mm-hmm. and he keeps talking about how he fought Captain America when Ex- he was already on ice. Except we know that the, that the U.S. government tried to make other Captain Americas. Yeah, the black one. Who's to say that's the only one? I mean, there was that episode of uh, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon where he met all the other super soldiers who were given the super soldier serum, but they had it through, like, the rings, Mm. and therefore they could turn it on and off as they pleased, but the problem was that it wasn't as... The the, the, the serum didn't work on them quite the same way that it worked on Steve Rogers. Yeah. I don't... He didn't. Red Guardian did not fight Steve Rogers. He did fight Captain America. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> he fought a Captain America. Correct. God, we need to have like a find some way to do like a prequel film set in like the 70s, where it shows Red Guardian fighting the Black Captain America, the one that Sam met. Uh, well, it depends on whether or not that's when Isaiah. Well, that's true. Isaiah Bradley did fight uh, fight Winter Soldier in Korea, didn't he? Yeah, Korean War was sixty or seventies, right? No, that was in the that was in the fifties. It was in the fifties. Yes. Oh, I thought the it Vietnam was Vietnam War was uh, was the late sixties, early seventies. So would it make more sense for it to be Vietnam then? Yeah. Okay. And this is the history binge cast today. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I felt kind of iffy about Black Widow because of the fact that the trailer was kind of made it seem like something. That like they were going to be a big sort of supportive family. I wouldn't say out. supportive. I'm saying kind of. More than they were here, though. Because, like, well, Great Guardian gave zero fucks about everybody besides himself. You had the sisters. Well, it's the only one that really cared about the family was the younger sister. Was the Elena, yeah. But then you had the mom who gave no care about anything anyways, and then it turned around well, towards the end. It's it's more just... Like, I was hoping for... It, with Melina and Alexi, they both... Uh, viewed that sort of family, it's like, yeah, they did form some attachments, but at the end of the day, to those two, it was just another job. Mm-hmm. And Natasha and Yelena both saw that thing as, as one of the best times times of their lives. Like when she was talking about how for Christmas she, like, even though she knew that all the boxes well, were Well, no, it was for those, those photo <laughs> shoots for the photo album. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like <clears throat> they literally just did a... Uh, quote unquote fake Christmas while they were living in Ohio. This was just so they, you know, if somebody happened to come by the house and look through the photo album, they would find pictures that seemed to support the idea that they were a normal family. A normal family. I mean, I kind of was thinking that the family was going to be kind of broken at the beginning, and then midway through they all get together and then they all fall. Incredibles assemble. <laughs> Practically. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still. Good. I'm glad they gave. Uh, red, red. Uh, Natasha. No, not Natasha. Red, red. Red uh, Guardian. Red Guardian. The opportunity to fight Taskmaster. And Even they know he got his ass kicked. But he still was able to stand up. This to is him. true. It's like he kept getting his ass kicked, and he just kept getting back, back up. up. Yeah. <laughs> I can do Which this at all the end day. Of the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that at the end of the day is what Captain America basically was. Yep. It's just like I can do this all day. And the fact that he kept getting back up and they. The sequences at that point in time, everything started gelling at the end, but I yeah. feel like they kind of... Well, it's... And... 
they did sort of show, it's like Melina and Alexi both had, uh, did have some good memories about that, about the, the Ohio assignment. But, you know, they were still just sort of like, you know, I'm doing this because the party says, says so sort of thing. Or the Red Room says so, basically. But uh, they did sort of show that they did still care about the girls. They do still, they do still care about each other. It's just they were much more distant about it. Um, and as a matter of fact, and I brought this up while, while we were watching, while we were watching it the other night, uh, while you were watching it, the, the scene where uh, Red Guardian, you know, he starts trying to, he starts telling the story about when his father made toilet on his hands to, to Yelena, who's just like, tells him to, to get out. And he, that's, it's like at that point, he finally seems to realize all these stories about me aren't working. And that's when he starts singing American Pie to her, which had been her favorite song in Ohio. But and you see her finally, finally start smiling. That scene hadn't been in the script originally. Red Guardian was just going to be an asshole for the whole movie. But the actor... David Harbour. David Harbour, basically when, you know, talked to the director, is just sort of like, he's not coming across any, with any sympathy at all. And he proposed... Putting in the putting in the scene where he like sings her favorite song back to her, so then they had to go back and add the bit at the beginning where they where he plugs the cassette into the into the radio and it starts playing, so that it could have the callback later, and just that moment alone made it you know finally made it uh, clear that he did care about he does he does care about her he does he does love her he's just really really bad at, at uh, expressing it. And it wasn't until he gave his whole heartfelt speech to who he thought was Natasha. Surprise, it's actually Melina. And then uh, when he tries to give the speech again, she's like, you don't have earpiece. <laughs> he finally seems to realize, okay, maybe I should just stop. Because <laughs> like, like right at the end of the film, right after the Red Room has been destroyed, Taskmaster has been freed, uh, freed along with the, all, all the widows that were in, already inside the Red Room. And then, like, he just decides to basically just bask in the moment with everybody and <laughs> keeps his mouth shut. Well, yeah, they even, it's like, Natasha or Yelena even asked him, it's like, aren't you going to say anything? He's like, I would just screw it up. <laughs> he finally, finally seemed to watch it. Because it's funny, because he was kind of doing the same thing when he was in the gulag, mm -hmm. uh, when he's arm wrestling everybody, and then... There he was. Captain America. America. Yeah, it's like, I, something I didn't notice until the second time seeing that scene. You could see all the prisoners sort of mumbling it along with him, just sort of like, here he goes again. <laughs> telling the same but story. But it's like, if you want to arm wrestle him, you have to put up with him telling his story. And then Ursa made the dumb mistake of trying to call him on his bullshit. Trying to call it's bullshit. Like, wasn't Captain story. America frozen in the 70s? Are you calling me a liar, Ursa? Bam! <laughs> Breaks <So> his wrist. <laughs> so does that mean that he fought Steve Rogers that went back in time? I don't think so. Like I said, I you know it was probably it was probably a Captain America, not the, the Captain, Captain America. America. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, that's another thing. So apparently, the guy Ursa Major mm. is supposed to be the MCU's first mutant. Well, in the comics, he's a mutant. Yeah. Here in the MCU, he is just a big dude. We saw nothing to suggest that he can turn into a bear. Because honestly, if you're wrestling of the the Russian super soldier, and you don't basically turn turn into like bear mode to try to to try to be able to beat him, 
then you then you don't have any powers they, in the first place. Well, I mean, yeah, they did, like, I don't really know if whether or not he actually had, they didn't, yeah, they haven't confirmed if he has his powers or not. Uh, because in, I know that in the comics, Ursa Major is a part of basically the Russian version of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the team is actually able to take on the Avengers. Like, you have Red Guardian, you have Crimson Dynamo, um, you have um, Ursa Major who can turn into a bear. And he's actually able to go toe-to-toe with characters like the Hulk. He can fight Wolverine. Um, so he, he does have the strength behind him. But seeing as how they didn't establish this, unless... The only thing I can think of is that Red Guardian caught him off guard. That's the only thing that I can think of. I mean, I... Plus, I, he did kind of piss off Red Guardian. And yeah. That's the reason why he, out of everybody, he was the only guy whose arm he broke. Well, yeah, it's literally because, he, you know, Red, you know, Alexei did not, does not like being called a liar. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the only people that he'll let punch him in the face is Yelena and, uh, and Natasha. And Natasha, and that's it. Well, the, the first time it's just sort of caught him by surprise, but this, you know, and, th- and then he sort of got grossed out when they started describing about how they no longer. Have He's like, okay, okay, <laughs> you don't need to get so clinical and nasty. He's like, I was about to get the. Uh, I hadn't even mentioned the fallopian tubes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alexi gave a lot of humor uh, in in the movie. Yeah. Um, granted, Yelena had plenty of humor herself, just I- like. When she's in the helicopter and she sees the avalanche bearing down on them, she's like, this would be a cool way to die. <laughs> you know, I gotta say... And then, which gets the callback later in the Red Room when she's tied to a gurney and they've drawn, like, the dotted line on her forehead about where they're gonna do the incision. She's like, this is a much less cool way to die. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I'm honestly hoping that Dave Harbour got, uh, had a lot more fun doing this film than what he did with Hellboy. Because mm. from what I heard, he actually walked off the set in full Hellboy makeup because he was pissed off at the director. Because they couldn't decide what direction they wanted to take the film. And they're like, are we making this a comedy? Are we making it a horror film? What are we doing here? And the, because of all the decisions that they couldn't make during the film, he just got pissed off and walked off the set. Talking of Hellboy. I made this comment on social media. I'll go ahead and say, say it again here. If they do make Mephisto a thing in the MCU, it's going to happen at some point. But when they do, it needs to be played by Ron Perlman. Which character was it again? Mephisto. I could see him doing it. I and, and, I, and, I speci- and I want them to do, to do a joke. Like when he first gets introduced, he's got a big giant like stone, stone hand or, you know, on, his, on his hand. And then he just sort of pulls it off. It's just a gauntlet. And he's like, and have him make some crack about how I heard gauntlets were all the rage. <laughs> Um, and then just never, me- and then just like have him like chuck it across the room, and then never mention it again. Or he could be wearing like a jacket that's supposed to look like his Hellboy one, but made to fit him and not like him in full Hellboy outfit. Yeah. Um, um, however, they decide to do Mephisto, even if they decide to do it like CG him, like they did Dormammu or Surtur, uh, and just but have Ron Perlman do the voice. So since we're talking about the multiverse, does this mean that the Transformers is now canon with Marvel again? Sure. Because they did the Transformers comics back in, like, the 80s. Okay, but... the Except the rights to Transformers right now is with Paramount, isn't it? Uh, no, I think... Distributing distributing rights, yes, but I think Hasbro still has the full... Well, that, that's, yes, Hasbro has the, has the full rights to it, but the movies were, were done by Paramount. But here's the funny thing, though when Marvel still had the rights to the Transformers comics, they actually did create an original character for those comics 
that nobody else can use okay. for the character. So I so I'm like, okay, so could Marvel still technically use this character probably. at some point in time, just not have to use it for, you know, Transformers? He was probably in the background in the void in episode five. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a variant of some kind, and they just were just sort of like, nope, yoink. For those of you who have read the Transformers comics, you know, you probably hopefully know who I'm talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, but there's yeah there's. We could talk for hours about, you know, and speculate about all the stuff with uh, Phase 4 and everything, but at the end of the day... What are you looking forward to in Phase 4? All of it. I like the the MCU movies, and I like the TV shows that they've been doing, so I'm very much curious to see how they're going to integrate the two, integrate uh, all of it. Especially... I like the TV shows because they're able to go, they're able to explore certain aspects of the universe that they've created that they can't really dedicate any time to in a two-hour movie, like the aftermath of the of the snap and the blip in uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, and and also in Wandavision, um, but because uh, that's the sort of thing it's like you, they wouldn't have really been able be able to give too much time to, for that in a two-hour movie, but over the course of a, of a longer TV series, or even if it's a limited-run series, they are able to put that extra time in there. Uh, but it's when they start introducing characters that were introduced in the Marvel Plus shows into the, into the movies, that's where I'm curious to see how they're going uh, to handle that, because... You cannot assume that everybody who goes to the movies has goes to see the movies has seen the TV shows. Yeah, because like I know that like I know that my dad isn't going to see the TV shows. He's not going to see Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, or Loki. He's not, I know he's not going to see any of that. So like whenever these upcoming movies are coming out, and if he watches them, I probably have to sit there and explain to him like you need to watch, mm. you know, for like. The multiverse stuff, just WandaVision and Loki, kind of don't really need to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier for that. Until uh, until the new Captain America turns up in some future movie. Mm-hmm. But Kang is going to be the, is going to be the is going to be the interesting one because we know he's in Quantum Mania. Yep. And how they sort of inter- how they sort of handled him introducing him there is gonna is gonna tell the story. I you know, Valentina turning up in Black Widow because had everything been released on time before the pandemic happened, Black Widow would have been first before any of the Marvel Plus stuff. Yeah, because that's where uh, Madame Hydra was supposed to make her debut. Right, but instead, because everything got pushed back, or at least all the theatrical releases got pushed back, you got WandaVision and then Falcon and Winter Soldier. And now, it's you know, so... It sort of got it sort of got handled differently, but there, you know, her her different introductions just uh, didn't really. It's not really that important to explain who she who she was in the stinger because you pick up enough in context to know that it's like okay, Elena's got some new job working for this presumably government person, but shady government person because she wants her to kill Clint Barton. But we like Clint. What's going on? Why is she targeting an Avenger? 
that that's that's uh, so she probably has her own agenda for it, and that's the reason why she wants Yelena mm -hmm. to kill him. Well, but the way that they were talking implies that Yelena and Valentina had already knew each other at that point. So they clearly, and we we don't know what happened to uh, Yelena, Alexi, and Melina in uh, in the snap. But if I had to guess, they got snapped. It would explain a lot about Natasha's mental state when we when we see her post snap in uh, in Endgame after the five year skip. Basically, she probably found out that Yelena was one of the people who got dusted. And I'm guessing, you know, that Melina and Red Guardian were also snapped. Possibly, but at the time, do you really think she gave a shit about... Well, I mean... Mm -hmm. Never mind, I forgot that it takes place... Before, that Black Widow takes place before Infinity War. Yeah. I had, I had to re remember that for a second. Um... And, I mean, I think that goes a lot to explaining her mental state. And if I'm, I'm also going to guess a lot of the other widows probably got snapped also. Possibly. Um, and, you know, that would explain a lot about her mental state and why she was willing to sacrifice herself. It's like, I'm doing this so that they can all have, have that second chance again, kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> and. But now she's permadead. Now she's permadead. And I think she understood that. Because she did say that, or they did say that the only people who were brought back were, was everybody who got snapped. Now, somebody had died. Like Loki, like, uh, like Black Widow. All the Asgardians that were killed on the ship. Yeah, none of them were brought back. Nope. Anybody, any of the Wakandan forces that got killed uh, trying to hold off the Outriders uh, in the Battle of Wakanda, they're dead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, all that was pretty much established. I did like how, um, Black Widow, it explains how she got that vest. Yeah, the vest. <laughs> it has lots of pockets. You put lots of stuff in them. And then she just gives it to her at the, at the end of the, at the end of the, the movie. I was half expecting to see Elena turn up wearing another vest in the stinger, but instead she's just wearing, like, regular clothes. I can't remember if Black Widow was wearing that best when she and Clint went to go get the Soul Stones. I don't know. I don't remember either. She was definitely wearing it in Infinity War. Oh yeah. You saw it clear as day in mm -hmm. that. Um, but yeah, there's... Now I gotta sort of look up like what other uh, Phase 4 stuff is, is upcoming. The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. <laughs> okay. I am curious. I am where curious. They got, where they gotta get Groot back to his home planet in time for Life Day. <laughs> I was about to say, the man who does not want to watch anything Star Wars related holiday special is excited for Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. We don't see anything bad happening here, do we, folks? Stop talking. <laughs> oh, uh, I also found out, so apparently they dumped a whole lot of like deleted scenes for um, Endgame onto Disney+, Plus, and one of the things that they put on there was... Apparently the scene where Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow were on, uh, what was the planet that they had to go to for the Soul Stone? Warmere. Um, apparently the Chitari were there. Okay. Um, and they, the scene was supposed to be them essentially trying to uh, fight off the, the Chitari, all while Black Widow was also trying to sacrifice herself. So 
I'm kind of glad they didn't put that in because honestly, I think it would have cheapened things somewhat. Yeah, it's, it, it would have. It's much more dramatic the way they did it. Uh, but other so other uh, uh, phase four things we got Shang Chi in uh, September, um, which has Wong and Abomination in it, uh, and we're gonna get introduced to the to the Mandarin. The real Mandarin. Yeah, but we're not going to have, like, the Mandarin who has the freaking rings. The Ben Kings. No, 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 no. I was talking about, like, uh, you know, the one who has the uh, the rings on each of his hand. Who... Instead, they're more like bracelets rather than, yeah. than like, finger rings. Um, Which, honestly, I'm, fi I'm fine with them re uh, sort of adjusting it that way. It makes more sense. So I'm Especially on... with the whole martial arts theme that they're going with. Yeah, I'm, on, I'm hoping that... But I'm just... Seeing the rings in that in that uh, trailer just made me think of uh, the uh, the guy from Kung Fu Hustle, one of the yes, one, I know who you're talking about. One of the one of the lost uh, one of the lost masters that was hiding out in the slum, and it turned and he had all those rings. On it his was feet. it was the dry cleaner. I remember it the, the the very fey uh, dry cleaner, and it turned out he was a badass. Well, it turned out they were all badass. You know the the coolie the. Um, the baker and the, uh, the, the tailor, he was the tailor, that's right, it wasn't like a dry cleaner, it was a tailor. Um, and then, surprise, at, at the end it turns out that the landlord and the landlady are also badass martial artists. Well, the landlady, we kind of knew that already, because everybody was screaming. Well, because everybody was scared of her. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was a great movie. I want us, I want Kung Fu Hustle too. damn it. Uh, supposedly they are working on it. Uh, we've got Eternals. Um, well, it, it's funny because in the I know in Eternals they're like, oh we've we've stayed hidden for so long and haven't interfered in anything up until now. So it's just like, is it because of the multiversal war that's about to happen? Is that the reason why well, you decided I'm, to come out? I, I pulled up the MCU page on TV tropes because it has a good, pretty good list of everything that's been announced. Uh, but there is actually a blurb here about Eternals. It says. In the wake of the events of Avengers Endgame, an immortal race of superpowered beings known as the Eternals, which has secretly been assisting humanity for thousands of years, are forced to come out of hiding to defend the Earth from their ancient enemy, the Deviants. Hmm. Okay. I'm not entirely familiar with the Eternals characters from the comics because Same. I never saw any Eternals comics when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and then we've got uh, two uh, Marvel Plus series uh, coming out later this year. Armor Wars. Hawkeye. And Ms. Marvel. Ah. That is the one Marvel thing I cannot wait for besides Spider-Man. Ms. Marvel? Oh, I don't like that big fan of Ms. Marvel. It's, it's yeah, Kamala Khan? But Kamala Khan is an excellent... Because it does say here, based on the Kamala Khan incarnation. So. It, she is an excellent character to look around... Let me, let me back up real quick. I've always been a big fan of the fanboy. That's my, one of my favorite superheroes. Of the, of the, of the fan who, who made good sort of thing? Kind of. Like, my favorite superhero, out every superhero besides Batman, of course, is Viewer Joe. Because, and Shinagogo, go, baby. Because he was a Captain Blue fanboy. Yeah. And he got his own... He got his he own, got his own v, henshin device. His own, his own V-Watch, everything. It's the exact same feeling that I get when I think of Miss Marvel. She was uh, a, an Avengers fangirl. A fangirl completely, and the fact that they show that purity of love for that, and then she becomes what she loves the most. She becomes an Avenger. It, it brings you such hope, especially in a world nowadays where 
when you get a job and you get responsibilities, it kind of crushes you. And you you want that hope, that feeling that she has. You want it. You want it's like she is she is so innocent and pure. She must be protected at all costs. And it's like that's one of the things I look forward to because she is. We need a symbol of hope. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, uh, and other things that they have like actual dates here for. We've got then Spider Man No Way Home in December. Uh, I know we know that Zeke is looking forward to that. <clears throat> yes. Well, remember, Spider-Man's on number three don't usually end very well. Yeah, but this one I we can't... We only see. have one other, you know, Spider-Man 3 to base this off of. Because the other one didn't be made. Was so it, yeah, yes. that one was never made. Because so, it, we Andrew can't, Garfield, so we, Andrew Garfield got fired. Yes, but, you know, there was no other... There was no uh, Amazing Spider-Man 3, so we don't know. We don't know that it would have continued the curse. But, you know... Fingers crossed, right? I still look forward to it. Cause yes. Especially since the, talk, since the directors of that, like, yeah, don't don't count Venom out yet. It's like, wait, what? What? <laughs> what? Wait, what? That's going to be the stinger so, so, in Spider-Man. So, 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 so you've got, you got to remember what Sony said when the first Venom film came out. It was, remember how they were saying... Does that make you so be, salty? Yes, because yeah. I, cause like they everything that they had said prior to that actually got me really excited for it because I know that Venom is technically a... He's not. He's not what you'd want to call a very nice superhero. Like, no. come on, he eats. He's an people. anti-hero. He's anti-hero. Yeah. yeah, he eats people. He knows how to torture Spider-Man. You stuff know like the that. The about this, I've been a big Venom fan, but I never w- understood when the whole eating people became a thing. Because okay, so here's the thing though. Uh, Venom has to live off of like a particular chemical that is typically found in the human brain, right? So a lot of like, like criminals and whatever, he just eats them. You know, it's like the same. Yeah, when did that start? When he moved to San Francisco. Oh, so it's during Lethal Protector. Yes. Okay. Because um, I don't remember hearing anything about that during Civil War, during anything else. Like I never heard of him. It's, that's very much like a case of depending on the writer. Um, and um, some writers are like, I don't like this aspect of his character, so I'm just going to ignore it. And um, it, there's a there's a particular. Apparently, the same chemical is also found in cho- like this particular chocolate that Eddie Brock likes. So Eddie Brock eats it as a snack to essentially so that way Venom can live on. <laughs> that that explains that scene in the trailer for Venom at the Carnage where he gets upset over the chocolate not being delivered on time. And he goes, "I will eat Mrs. Chen." He's like, "No, you will not eat Mrs. Chen." What? Nothing. That's why I ate and chocolate's gonna be late. What? <laughs> see, see, there's an actual reason for why Venom got so got oh so upset about that. Oh my god! So that 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 is supposed to reference that. Chocolate <laughs> this is why we have the Wellick of knowledge here. Yeah, <laughs> for so, little bits of information like this. So that is supposed to essentially be the reason why Venom got upset over that chocolate not being there. It's not because oh I like the taste of chocolate. No, it's because of what's in the chocolate that he lives off of. Um, and so, uh, anyways. So, uh, is Sony going back in terms of saying, oh, we're going to make it rated R, it's going to be a, essentially a horror film, Venom's going to eat people, and then they go back and... It's like, not like, like a week a week before the movie got released, they go and lower it to a PG-13 rating and take like 15 minutes out of the film, which turned out to be a lot of Tom Hardy's favorite scenes uh, got removed out of the film. Um, and they said, oh, we're doing this 
um, in case we ever want to have a crossover with taking Venom and putting him into the MCU with Marvel. I'm like, so why didn't you do that to begin with? Like, Marvel knows what they're doing. Michael Keaton, goddamn Batman, openly said while he was on the set of Homecoming, he said Marvel is a well-oiled machine. They know what they are doing in terms of their movies. Um, so I'm sure he was like, where was this when we were going to work on the third Batman film before Tim and I walked away from that? Or no, because Warner Brothers bought out their bought out everybody's contracts. That's the reason why. Um, but Tim walked away from Batman 3. Um, and um, so I'm like, Sony, just give the rights up already. It's like, seriously, Sony, Mar if you make a deal with Marvel so you get a significant cut of the of the profits you'll be set yeah <laughs> the money will just pour in like because that's if you play ball with them and let them use the spider-man property they you know, will they will just give you the movies will be successful the tv shows or whatever they decide to do with spider-man will be successful money will literally just be falling into your lap um but uh, and you don't have to do anything apart from sign some paperwork. Because one of the movies that Sony was planning on doing, and I'm so glad this project got canceled, was they were going to have a like a team up film with Silver Sable, Silver Sable, and Black Cat, and they were going to call it Black and Silver. I am so glad that project got canceled. Okay. Because the idea for that just sounded horrible. Well, I mean, you can't be any worse than the female Green Green Arrow spin off of they're doing the birds of prey of that. Oh, uh, Artemis? No. Remember? Oh, yeah, no mind. It's, it's, I, I kind of stopped watching. Yeah, the, we, we the pushed that back because, like, hey, it's supposed to be Artemis, but it's not Artemis. It's just his daughter in the future. I mean, like, I kind of came up with, like, my own idea in terms of how you could introduce the symbiotes, not necessarily Venom, but the symbiotes into the MCU. Have the collector hire. We didn't see a body, so I don't want to hear it. Hire, have the collector essentially hire the guardians to go and collect a symbiote form to add to his collection. Because he's like, oh, well, you don't really see a whole lot of these in, around. You know, I want one for the collection. So have the guardians show up to the symbiote homeworld, or God forbid, a big-ass asteroid. Because we know that's where symbiotes like to hide from time to time. And have it be a straight up, like, turn it into a horror movie when they land. It goes from comedy to horror, and you see members of the Guardians essentially become infected by seamless, like, Groot and Rocket. Like, have Groot be the first one be infected. Oh, yeah, Groot. And then have Rocket just lose his absolute mind after that. Like, him just start shooting at the symbiotes, like, no! And then just start going off after going that. full Ram John Rambo. <laughs> but then, you know, like... Tracks. Like, have it to where, yeah, and then have it to where it's like, this, they, they need to know, like, what are the symbiote's weaknesses. Have them figure out, oh, they don't like sounds. They don't like... Or fire. they don't like fire. They don't like, the, you know, high-pitched noises. You know, have that. And then have it to where, like, after, that, after everything is all said and done, they manage to bring a symbiote back for the collector... And then have them say, "Oh well, we need to go back to Earth for something." And then surprise, have, there's another. There's symbiote. a symbiote hiding on board the Milano, but it's waiting. Like it's not. It, it sees how the Guardians have acted, and it knows not to essentially act on its own yet. So it goes. So they go to Earth. They land for whatever reason. You can add whatever reason they're back on Earth. 
um, and then the symbiote pops off and then makes its way around and then somehow finds its way to uh, Peter Parker. Eh, I don't like that one. I mean, like I said, that's just, why, that's just how, that's what I would want to say. The main reason why is after I found out there was another way he was made, I kind of like that way better. Is that the one where it turns out the reason why he's so crazy is because he ended up on Deadpool first? Oh, uh, no. So, that was still Alien Symbiote. I think in the Ultimate Universe, oh, okay. Venom was The blood. cure for cancer. It's blood of Parker. It was a combination of Peter Parker, or no, no, not Peter Parker, Richard Parker and uh, Eddie Brock Sr. Because mm-hmm. Eddie Brock Jr. was friends with Peter Parker when they were growing up. Yep, and that's one of the, I, I like that one where they actually make the symbiote plant side and it just kind of got its own consciences, I guess. Ah, I could see that working. Uh, if you played the the... Spider-Man game, the Ultimate Spider-Man video game that came up for... I know it came up for the GameCube, but I can't remember if it was on any other system. Mm-hmm. Uh, Venom was... The Venom for that was based off of... Because it's supposed to take place in the continuity of the Ultimate Spider-Man yep. comics. Um, the Venom that's based off that is, you know, that Venom. And, yeah, his health throughout his parts of the game gradually goes down. You have to, like, tentacle people pull them in and he, like, drains them of, like, whatever it is that he's living off of and then spits them back out afterwards. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. Yeah, there's... Yeah, there's just a whole lot... A whole lot on the slate for, for Marvel stuff that's gonna give us with the Marvel cast plenty of, uh... plenty of material. Um... We're, uh... I think we're sort of wrapping up here. We've sort of tapped out on yeah. ideas. Uh, next thing that we'll be doing for Marvel cast will be What If... Uh, we will be trying to go back to doing that once, you know, an episode a week uh, as it airs. Um, <clears throat> we didn't do it for Loki uh, because real life kind of got in the way. We didn't. Well, plus we there's six episodes. We could probably, we, we could have talked about that. Yeah. But, well, you know, know, there was supposed to be a Loki Black Widow chat. I think most of our chat's been Venom, Spider-Man, and Spider-Verse. Well, multiverse in Multiverse general. stuff in general. And I kind of saw that coming, so... Um, but yeah, it's just because Loki essentially opened up the multiverse. And literally, literally, yes. Um, thanks a lot, Sylvie. <laughs> it's funny because I kept think, I kept looking at uh, Loki, and I was like, "So when are the Time Lords gonna step in?" <laughs> I mean, they sort of did. They're called the TVA in this. No, situation. I'm just the <laughs> Time Lords. I know. Um, but you know, as we as I joked earlier, it's just sort of like eventually, you know, the TARDIS will land on Earth, and it's like which Doctor shows up? All of them. <laughs> Yeah. Because, you know, why not? Multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, yep, yeah, I think that'll uh, wrap up this edition of the uh, Marvel cast. Uh, it's been a good little rap cast, more of a ramble cast, really. But uh, So for Chris and Zeke, I am Jay, and we will see you when we start covering What If in a few weeks. So, until then, bye. Thanks for listening to the Board to Death Binge Cast. Be sure to check out our library of past podcasts via CKCC Radio or via our YouTube channel and give us a like and subscribe. We'll see you after our next binge.